creek with no paddle, no aliens to battle where we want to go. Without being pompous, we don't need map or compass. We're launching Caddy Wampus on our new travel show. Space croutons, only go with us. Space croutons, on our podcast bus. Space croutons, we see you recognize. And in space, no one can hear you scream. Loopy from our earworms, space shanty theme. It is time for our next broadcast of Space Croutons 2.0. Just keep your britches on. I'm here now, Sally. You know every once in a while a human being has to have a few moments of privacy to take care of some personal needs. If I wanted to have someone nagging me all the time, I'd be married. I certainly don't need you nagging me, Sally. I understand completely. No need to explain further. Didn't mean to touch a nerve. Let's just start the show. Fine by me. Welcome, friends and fellow travelers, to another episode of Space Croutons 2.0. It's beautiful weather here today, sunny with temps in the low 70s. That's about 22 degrees Celsius for our listeners outside of the United States, and a balmy 33 degrees on the interplanetary temperature scale used on Poi and Quell, as well as on most other civilized planets with any kind of intelligent life forms. We are broadcasting this week from Van Helsing near a roundabout in Pensacola, Florida. Excuse me, Curdy, did you know that we are close to a space croutons geocache here in Pensacola? I can look up the site and give it to our audience. Well, that sounds good to me, Sally. Why don't you do that before I get back to the episode intro? Here are the coordinates, latitude 30.487790.6 and longitude minus 87.1828896. I will repeat those numbers in case any of our listeners want to explore the cache. Latitude 30.477906 and longitude minus 87.1828896. Thanks so much. Now, as I was saying, if you are new to our podcast, a very special welcome to you and we sincerely hope that you will enjoy the show. If you do like it, check out all of our saved episodes from Seasons 1 and 2. Space Croutons is available wherever you find your favorite podcasts and on our website, spacecroutons.com. Now, before we begin this episode, let's take a brief pause to hear from one of our sponsors, Ziggy's Computers and Handlinks. Ever get that lost and alone feeling when you time travel? Do you need a friendly voice or possibly a hologram to assist you with your journey? We have exactly what you require at Ziggy's Computers and Handlinks. For only $19.95 a month, you will enjoy peace of mind as you time travel with Ziggy. Never feel lost and alone in an unfamiliar place or time again. Never ask a stranger for directions when you get a little off track. Your connection to Ziggy through our hologram and handling will provide answers to all of your burning questions, including what may be causing the fire you experienced in your nether regions after your last venture into the past. 
Whether you travel back in time to 1956 or to 1756, you are safe with Ziggy. Due to our proprietary algorithm and enhanced transmission capabilities, the connection to our service is even available as you space jump to other dimensions or to other planets. Looking for the best place to grab some food on the planet Quell? Ziggy can help with that. Need to know the nearest roundabout in North Hadley Park, Christchurch, New Zealand? Ziggy knows, and so will you when you travel with your Ziggy subscription service. It's the time traveler's best friend. So wherever and whenever you travel, you are in the best of hands with Ziggy's computers and hand links. Just dial star 88 on any device to be automatically directed to Ziggy's computers and hand links. Ziggy's computers and hand links is a division of Beckett Industries. Beckett Industries, striving to serve all of your time travel needs. Happy time travels! See you very soon. Curdy, what is on the agenda for today's show? Well, Sally, on this episode, we're checking in with our friend Seaver. He's been using the shortwave radio set he found on his family's property to speak to people all around the world. And I believe he's been talking to someone living in the 1960s. Did I hear you correctly? Did you just say the 1960s? Yes, Sally. Haven't you been paying attention? Get with the program before I send out for a new digital assistant. Seaver has already shared with me that he has made a friend over the shortwave radio who's speaking to him from the 1960s. We are living in different times now, and time no longer constrains us to the present day. I heard what you did there, Curdy. I have the call from Seaver now. Hello there, Curdy. Are you there? I'm here, Seaver. How are you doing? Personally, I'm doing totally awesome, making stellar grades at school and rocking out on my trombone and jazz band. Everything would be absolutely perfect, except for I'm kind of worried about the friend I told you about, the one who lives in the 1960s. His dad had an accident at work. He was injured and then lost his job. Unfortunately, my friend feels responsible for it. Well, that doesn't sound good. As my daddy used to say, if you're going to get sacked, make sure it's a paper one. Dang plastic bags are destroying the environment. But that's not important right now. Sorry about getting off topic. So so what happened to your friend's dad? My friend had a two-headed quarter that he was playing with at the breakfast table with his sister, Bree. Well, his dad got a little aggravated with him for playing with the quarter when they were supposed to be eating. So he took the quarter away from them. He ended up putting it in his pocket and taking it to work with him. My friend thinks the quarter may have been something to do with the accident. Well, how could a two-headed quarter make an accident happen? I am certain Seaver will tell you if you stop interrupting him so he can go on with his story. Sally, there you go nagging me again. I'm getting sick and tired of it. The next thing I want you to study and learn about is a little thing called boundaries, as in respect my boundaries. <sighs> Please excuse the rude interruption, Seaver. Go ahead. Tell us about the accident. My friend's dad works in the data center at his company, and he was approaching the punch card reader in the room to load some cards into it when the music on the radio was interrupted mid-song by what he called a very haunting tune. Suddenly, the punch card reader began to glow. At the same time, his dad says that the two-headed quarter in his pocket began to heat up. The punch card reader started spinning around wildly and throwing cards out all over the place, just like in a Jerry Lewis comedy. 
I wasn't sure what he was talking about, since I've never seen a Punch Guard reader or a Jerry Lewis movie until I checked them out online. Anyways, after a few minutes of this, my friend's dad was knocked out cold on the floor. A two-headed quarter, a punch card reader, and a mysterious haunting tune? Well, it sounds like your friend's dad had an interaction with several Kordaks at once. Yeah, I thought so too. The weirdest thing about it is, is that as far as we can figure out, when the tune stopped playing, the punch card reader settled down exactly as nothing had happened, and the quarter cooled off in his dad's pocket. At least a quarter was room temperature before his dad woke up. Well, how long was he unconscious on the floor? No one was sure how long my friend's dad was knocked out. That's part of the problem. No one at the job site heard or saw anything unusual. There's no record of the incident at the company, so they're not taking any responsibility for the injury to my friend's dad. What happened with the cards that the reader spit out when the incident occurred? I asked the exact same thing. My friend said that his dad picked them all up and snuck them out of the company building in his lunchbox. Well, I don't see how this accident would have caused your friend's dad to lose his job. It makes no sense. Those big companies really need to take better care of their workers than that. The company Big Shot says there wasn't an accident. No one saw the accident, and the punch card reader is still working properly for them. Totally uncool, but they fired him because he has some kind of after effects from what happened in the card reader room. He doesn't talk correctly anymore. He can make sentences and all that, but he mixes things up. The company cannot take a chance on him messing up something in his very technical job. They're saying that he must have suffered a small stroke. Well, has your friend's dad been to see a doctor or a neurologist? He might have had a type of Broca's aphasia. I learned about that from my friend who's a speech therapist. Or could it be a traumatic brain injury? Well, he has been to the doctor in the town, but the visits have been unsuccessful. So far, no one can explain his symptoms. They're completely in the dark on what to do. Well, you said he gathered up the punch guards and took them home. Did your friend get a look at him? Was there anything printed on him? Yes, to both of your questions. Of course, my friend doesn't know how to read the punch card data, but his dad does. His dad transcribed the information on the cards and wrote it out so anybody can read it now. The card had several rows of numbers printed on it. We think that they're longitude and latitude coordinates because there are six digits followed by an N, S, E, or W. Then another set of six digits followed by either an N, S, E, or W. The odd thing is that those numbers always have a string of eight numbers following them, but we are not sure just what the last set of numbers could mean. Sally, you've been awfully quiet. Are you pouting because of what I said earlier? Pouting is for humans such as yourself. As an artificial intelligence, I would never pout or become temperamental. Whatever. Any theories about the accident? Yes, Cordy. Most likely the punch card reader produced cards with the coordinates of the locations of the Kordax. It is not apparent if the locations apply to where the Kordax currently reside, where they were at the time of the incident or at some time in between. <sighs> yeah, well, I see what you mean. What if the last string of numbers is time? Could it be as easy as the month, date, and year listed numerically? Seaver, have you written down any of the numbers from the cards? If you have, we may be able to determine what the numbers mean if they correlate with the Kordax. I don't really care about all the Kordax unless there's one that can help my friend's dad get better. Things are super difficult for him right now and hard on his family. His parents are constantly fighting. Things would probably be a lot better if only his dad was able to work. I'm sorry about that, Seaver, but we have learned some disturbing things about how even the residue of the Kordax have power. If we can determine what these numbers mean, we may be able to direct your friend to a Kordak that could help him. 
We know where a few of the Kordaks have been for several years, such as the Elephant Clock, the Medallion, and the Rubik's Cube. If you can relay some of the number sets to us, we may be able to figure out if they're coordinates with dates or something else. Give me a few minutes here. I'll see if I can reach my friend on the shortwave and put my phone on speakerphone so you can talk to him directly. Yeah, just let us know when you're ready, Seaver. Sally and I will play another sponsor message while we wait. Okay, listeners, recently Beckett Industries has signed on as a corporate sponsor for Space Croutons. I personally use the Sam Beckett digital pen to keep track of all my adventures. Beckett Industries formed on May 28, 1993, when the project Dr. Beckett was working on to advance time travel was defunded by the Clinton administration. Thankfully, this turned out to be a good thing for us, as Beckett Industries is now a huge supporter of our humble podcast. Now, let's hear about the latest project from Beckett Industries. Ever get that lost and alone feeling when you time travel? Do you return from a trip into another dimension, only to find yourself with a general sense of melancholy or malaise? This has become a very common occurrence, in this era of space, time, and dimensional travel. Thankfully, there is hope for those afflicted with this syndrome. The cure for this type of travel sickness is as easy as one, two, three. One, search for the Dr. V Speaks app in the App Store. Two, download the app to your device. And then three, Set up your first virtual visit with Dr. Verbena Speaks. Dr. Speaks has 33 years of experience working with people suffering from time travel after effects. You will be feeling better soon once you interface with Dr. Speaks. The Dr. V Speaks app is a division of Beckett Industries. Beckett Industries striving to serve all of your time travel needs. Happy time travels! Seaver is back on the line now, Cordy. Thank you, Sally. Seaver, thanks for being so quick. Is your friend on the line now? Yes, he can hear you. Welcome, friend. I feel strange knowing so much about you from what Seaver has shared, but I don't know your name. I'm sorry about that. His name is Derry. You say his name is Derry, and his sister you mentioned earlier is named Bree? That's right. Derry? Derry, is that really you? This is Derry. Who am I speaking to? It's me, Curdy. Wait up. Wait a minute. Hold it. Are you telling me you know each other? I would certainly say so. My brother's name is Derry, and I have a sister named Bree. Granted, I haven't seen or spoken to them since our parents, well, for a, quite a long time. I still have a scar from when Derry and I both decided to dive into a creek from opposite banks. We ended up with mirror image scars right below the hairline on our foreheads. Scars left behind from the impact of two hard-headed clamor woods. Are you kidding me? How is that even possible that you're brothers? I have two questions for Curdy that should settle this without question. Sort of like those security questions set up on some online sites? I don't know what you're talking about with online sites. I have a lot to learn about this future stuff. First question, what is the name of our family dog? And second question, 
What is her dad's real name and his preferred name? Easy peasy squeezy cheesy. Every dog we ever had was named Cheddar's, and Dad's real name was Roquefort Clamorwood III, but he preferred Rocky. This is too mind-blowing. What's with all these cheese names? It's a family tradition. It's all in the Clamorwood family. Yeah, well, our family's always been a little cheesy. A little cheesy? More like an entire gourmet grocery cart full of said fermented dairy product. This is pretty strange. I mean, Curdy could tell me all about the future. We could change our family history right now. Totally a back-to-the-future type of situation. That's true. Although I wouldn't want to reveal too much about what the future holds for the Clamorwood family. But we can discuss family stuff once we finish recording today's episode. Being the youngest member of the clan Clamorwood, I have no memories of Dad before the accident occurred. It was never discussed in front of me. I just thought he had always been that way. But to the reason Seaver put you on the phone today, Derry, do you have any of the punch cards with you? Yes, I have two of the other cards right in front of me. Dad has transcribed the cards and written the information directly on the bottom. I could read what he wrote on each of these cards. All right. Read the numbers on the first card. Sally will search for the GPS coordinates and see if the numbers are longitude and latitude lines. 30.7210 north and 86.1152 west. The other numbers are 11271961. The first set of numbers coincide with the GPS coordinates for Defuniac Springs, Florida. That's Defuniac Springs, Florida. Access the spreadsheet where we've been keeping track of the Cordax locations and see if there's one that seems likely to have been in the Florida Panhandle in late 1961. I'm pretty sure I know which Cordax this could be, but, well, let's check anyway to verify my supposition. Very well. The medallion has been in the possession of the same family for the last 60 years. They live in Walton County, Florida. Defuniac Springs is in Walton County, Florida. We were there just last year in the fall. That's where I picked up my vinyl copy of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band album. In fact, we found the letter tucked inside the album cover notes that first alerted us to the medallion Kordak. I think we are safe in assuming that the numbers are GPS coordinates and the last digits are dates. Let's try another card, Derry. Okay, here goes. 43.0916 north and 91.1862 west. 12-23-1982. That is Eagle Rock, Iowa. Do you need me to verify the Kordak that resided there? No. We went there in the fall to talk to Susie about the residual effects from the White Elephant Clock Kordak. In her news article story, the White Elephant Clock was seen at a community Christmas party in the 1980s, so that would seem to corroborate our theory. So now we know each card gives us a location and a date for when and where the Kordaks are. Can this help Derry's dad? I mean, your dad? Can it help Mr. Clamorwood? Don't call him Mr. Clamorwood. Just make sure to call him for dinner. <laughs> we know the medallion has curative properties and that it enhances people's best qualities. And we know the family who has possession of it in the 1960s. What we don't know is, will they help us? Curdy, we are reaching the time limit for today's episode. This may be a good place to end. Sally... I swear that you are going to run me right round the bend with your constant nagging. Lay off! <sighs> Sorry about that, folks. But Sally is correct. We do need to close today's episode. 
But before I close this for today, I want to say a great big thanks to Seaver and Derry for joining us. If you two will stay on the line, we will finish our conversation off the air. And as to all our listening friends, thank you for your many kind words and the positive comments on our website. We really appreciate the homemade jams and pickles that our listeners Susan and Sharon sent in. They were perfectly delicious. And Lessie, you can send another chocolate pound cake anytime you want. Just in general, I want to say thank you for all the support all of our audience has given. Without you, there'd be no reason for the show. Thanks again. And until next time, keep listening and keep peace in your heart. So when we leave the station For each time or space Vacation If you do, well, you can kiss it. Space Croutons. Season 2.0. Space Croutons brings new worlds to know. Space Croutons. Subatomic vacuum flow. As we cruise the Milky Way by tractor beam. And the Kordak. Space Croutons is a work of original fiction. Similarities to persons, situations, or events, real or fictional, is coincidental and unintentional. Created and written by Jerry, Jace, John, Della, and Jeff Goodson. Episode story by Della. Original music by Jeff. Production by Levi Blakesley, Della, and Jeff. Featuring the voice talents of Levi Blakesley, Carden Fossey, Jeff, and Sally. Entire work copyright 2021 by Jeff, John, Jerry, Della, and Jace Goodson. This has been a Goodwitch Audio Production.